0: From the get-go, I knew that that was not how I could start out. I knew nothing about real estate. I knew nobody in real estate. I knew no realtor. I didn't even really understand what a realtor did. So my first step was to become someone's assistant.
1: I mean, I remember meeting you when you were still a teacher. Mm-hmm. And you told me you wanted to get in the real estate business. And I don't think I asked you this question then. but I, And I'm curious about why real estate? Who are you and where? Are you going? What do you want? Together, we'll find the ideal path on The Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. There's no denying that it takes money to travel your way to Wow. So how do we work within the realm of finances to build an income and create wealth? My guest, Sarah Dembski, has done it and she's going to explain how you can too. How do you optimize your finances? <laughs> we could kibitz forever. We've known each other know. for almost your entire life. Yeah, it seems right. like, let <laughs> only speak to how old I am. Right. I know. So you started professional life as a kindergarten teacher right. after getting a psychology degree, mm-hmm. both of which I think actually prepared you well for, for real Definitely. estate, yeah. In 2007, you began your career in real estate, and now you are one of the top-selling real estate agents in Los Angeles, right? Millions yeah. of sales every year, True. eight eight-digit sales every year, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so along the way, you were on HGTV, right? Mm-hmm. And you've won several company awards at Keller Williams, right. your your broker home, mm-hmm. right? And now you're here to talk to us about going from a career that really wasn't doing much for you to a career that I think you really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, mo- most people I think are stuck in the former, not the latter.
0: Right.
1: Right, so. Um, I mean, I remember meeting you when you were still a teacher, mm-hmm. and you told me you wanted to get in the real estate business, and I don't think I asked you this question then, but I, and I'm curious about, why real estate?
0: At the time, I really honestly didn't know what I wanted to leave teaching for. Leaving teaching was more about that I was not being financially rewarded. I mean, unfortunately, we all know, right? Teachers are not paid very well. Los Angeles is extremely expensive to live in. Whether you're renting or owning, there's no if, ands, or buts if you wanna be in a safe part of town. And I was doing every side job, uh, babysitting, tutoring, dog sitting, house sitting, whatever, camps, anything I could get through teaching on the side. And so it really was financially a big decision to leave teaching because there was no way I was going to be able to sustain a teaching career in that normal teacher life where you're working seven to three and be able to fund the rest of my existence here in Los Angeles. So financially, it was really the major, the major reason why.
1: So you know, I, I joked that you know having a psychology degree and being a teacher actually was a great yeah, background right. for, for So, but kind of kind of peel that for us a little bit. Sure. I mean, did, was that really the case, and, yeah, and how so?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I only have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I didn't go all the way or anything, but. That's all you do all day is have patience for people, listen to people. I joke that I'm a house therapist. More often than not, I'm on the phone holding their hands, telling them it's gonna be okay, it's going to work out, what the next step is. So, and then of course the dealing with people part, just all the difficult personalities that you're gonna come across, which is similar to teaching, right? You have parents that are difficult, you have coworkers that are difficult, you have competition as a teacher too, you know, who is a better teacher, who who's liked more by the parents. So all those things translate into real estate in their own way.
1: And you said, excuse me, you said something interesting um, before we, you know, came into the interview. So you were telling me that um, you actually spend Very little of your time looking at houses, right? right? So you're a residential real estate agent. That's different. I was in the commercial end, so this this aspect. But I, I frankly, always thought, oh gosh, you must spend, you know, at least half your time, you know, going Mm -hmm. from house to house. So, how how is? I mean, how is that possible if you're you're selling houses, you're not spending a lot of your time in them?
0: You're really not. I mean, between the internet and. Our limited inventory in Los Angeles and maybe that's different in other places. But here we never have a lot of properties on the market at one time. Things fly off the market rather quickly if they're priced right. So you don't A, have that much to show your client depending what their price range is. B, now with COVID, it takes an extremely serious buyer to jump into the market and they have to be completely prepared to make an offer after they see a property. So there's no open housing, there's no just, you know, let's peruse this house or that house. You have to be, really have your your narrowed down search ready and willing to jump in. So showing houses is about a 10th of the job. Most of the time it's, it's on the phone, it's emails, it's paperwork, it's talking to the lender, talking to escrow, talking to all the different parties involved. Really you're just that kind of that middleman that holds the entire deal together. And the houses is is just the the start of it.
1: So if someone loves houses, should they get into real estate?
0: (laughs) I hear that all the time, really. People say, I love houses, I could sell real estate. I could sell real estate part-time. And I always joke that I don't know which part of the time they would do it because I get calls in the middle of the night, I get calls early in the morning. You'll get a call when you're getting on a trip, on a plane to go on a trip somewhere it's nothing that you get to choose. People don't want to see a house based on your schedule. They want to see a house or make a purchase or sell a house based on their life. So, you know, someone that wants to get into real estate has to be willing to know and work all the time and know that it's about 90% not glamorous I would say, you know, watching TV shows about real estate, people think it is mostly about the showing, the the dressing up, the seeing beautiful places. It really is not. You see more disgusting places <laughs> than you do see beautiful places. You learn a lot about how people live.
1: Mm. And, and so something you just said just almost made me laugh out loud. It's not the glamour of the real Rick, our director, and I used to talk about the glamour of show business. Right. I mean, if people knew what really went on exactly. behind the scenes, the the glamour is is what you see, I guess, edited yeah. in the award okay. shows. But it's not it's not the business itself. Right? Yeah, it, very, very very interesting. So. Um, in, in reading about the specifics of, of your particular real estate business, y- you mentioned that you take a different approach to real estate than than most residential real estate agents. So one, one, tell us about that, because I, I think that's, that's kind of interesting and I, I wanna sort of lead on to something else from there.
0: Right, I mean, I would say most residential realtors jump into the business to do it all themselves, have no boss, make their own schedule, do it the way they wanna do it. Uh, From the get-go, I knew that that was not how I could start out. I knew nothing about real estate. I knew nobody in real estate. I knew no realtor. I didn't even really understand what a realtor did. So my first step was to become someone's assistant, someone that would pay me and teach me. I had never not had a regular paycheck coming from being a teacher. And before I was a teacher, I was in college and had part-time jobs, so I always had a regular paycheck. So the idea of just oh, just you know, start you know, find someone to sell a house to and and make the big bucks seemed completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So I got a job as an assistant, and that was kind of my first step into how to learn, how to do things, how to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was able to branch out on my own from from the get-go I realized I couldn't be discerning of where I sold a house. If somebody wanted to see a house, LA is huge, right? You have a huge county, huge city, and if somebody wanted to see a house in the east side of town, downtown, the west side, side, I said yes to everything. It did not matter where it was. To me, if they were willing to work with me, That's all I needed. I didn't feel like I was in a position where I could say, oh, you know, it's not on the west side or it's not in this neighborhood or that neighborhood. And so I went with the business. And I would say probably what you're thinking is that most realtors stick to a neighborhood. They become a specialist in that neighborhood. For me, I'm selling myself. I'm helping you get the house you want. I'm helping sell the house you need to sell. I'll figure it out. You know, every neighborhood is a little bit different, but the gist of the job is the same, no matter if you're east of the 405 or west of the 405.
1: Yeah. So when I when I it's what I found interesting about this when I was in the real estate business, I was always client focused. Mm. So I, I always used to say to say to my staff, it's harder for me to find another client than it is another good property mm. or whatever those relationships were really important right. and and this is what i wanted to <clears throat> excuse me this is what this is what i what i wanted to ask you about is how has be, being more person focused as opposed to neighborhood focused mm-hmm. how has that impacted your business
0: And I feel that building those relationships is what continues the business. Someone early on once told me it's not about each house you sell. It's you're never going to retire off one house you're never just gonna be done so it's really about that relationship if I do a good job for the single girl the single girl maybe will eventually get married and then she will need the next spot and then they'll have kids and need the next spot and then you go the other way you know have an older couple maybe they're downsizing you want to be the first person they think of so it's all about the relationship it's how the job that you did and how hard you worked Besides that, I don't build the houses. You know? I don't fix the houses. I'm really just the, your best house friend, basically.
1: So how, how have you, you've been in you know, the real estate business now for what, 13, 14 years. How do you build those relationships within, within your practice?
0: I mean, I would say it's all about staying in touch. It's all about following up again. You know, you can't just cut them off when you unless it, it just went absolutely horribly and you want to stay away and they want to stay away from you, which, you know, it does happen things you tend to be the one they're going to blame, right? You're the closest in the relationship of the purchase or the sale. If something goes wrong. It probably wasn't your fault, but they're going to remember you were part of it. You may never hear from them again, and that's fine. But the ones that go well, which is most often, you have to follow up. You have to stay in touch. I started when it was just MySpace. There was no Facebook or whatever. So, you know, now we have all of the social media to stay in touch with. Some of my older clients prefer the phone call. Some of my younger clients, we chit-chat over social media. Is it always about houses? Of course not. But we're humans, and so we stay in touch. It's a human interaction. Whatever makes them think of me, as long as they think of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Is saying yeah, they like no. my
0: dog, they like my niece, whatever they like, you know?
1: So, so, so is it true no publicity is bad publicity?
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that seems to be the byword, right, for here, here in Los Angeles. Now, you used real estate to build wealth... In two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So, both as a realtor right. and as an investor, as yeah. and as an investor. Right? Talk, talk, talk about. I mean, was that what you had planned to do, or how did you come? How did you come uh, to that?
0: That was not the plan. I, I mean, my plan was really just get in and figure it out. Uh, I was really lucky that the. So the first person I was an assistant for was in commercial. Okay, and that was maybe six months or so that I was with him. He sold apartment buildings mostly.
1: Oh, and, and that was actually the fellow I put you in touch I with. I think maybe. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Right, through
0: real estate division. <clears throat> uh-huh. So I worked for him for a while, kind of got the gist of what that whole commercial business was about. Not very interested in mostly numbers, not a lot of people stuff. Right. I'm a people person, and it, you know you're dealing just really with numbers and deals and negotiating. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I learned some interesting stuff from him. Then I found a residential agent to work for as her assistant. Mm-hmm. And while I was working with her, she had taught me some investing that she did with her dad where mm-hmm. she didn't you know, have some big savings or anything and wasn't able to get into the market on her own. But her dad was willing to help her with the down payment and her put in what we call sweat equity, meaning managing the property, managing repairs, doing repairs, finding the tenants, et cetera. All of the other work besides the down payment money. And that's how her and her dad kept track of the equity and she got a percentage as much as she did Mm -hmm. to where they were then even partners. So I'm lucky enough to have a friend who, um, was and is a real estate buff and it's a hobby of hers to be involved in the real estate world. And so she wanted to invest with me and was up for doing it in that way. So we were able to buy our first income property together where she was able to help with the down payment. And I was the sweat equity person and I managed the property. I lived in the property. It, is a duplex. We still own it, mm-hmm. so I was able to live in half, rent the other half out, and deal with all those things I said, you know, managing repairs, etc. So I was able to get in that way, mm-hmm. and then leverage that into getting my next property, and then so forth.
1: So, uh, just how many properties do you own now? Three. Three.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So you must be getting ready to retire. Oh yeah,
0: any day. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're long-term investments.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially here in Los <laughs> yes. Angeles. It's not like they yes. cash flow. And no. Yeah, not, no,
0: not at all. Not but at all. I'm very happy to have them. I'm glad I got in when I did. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that the person I worked for taught me to buy the income property, property first, first, meaning two units, one that I could live in and one that I could, we could make some money off of, right. versus most people... Want that condo first, that house first, and sometimes especially here with our prices. that's not always reasonable, yeah and I often teach people this method too. you know this is something to think about if you're looking for your first home and need to offset you know with the other income of another unit
1: so um, for the for the people who are out there who are, who are thinking, you know real estate I, I could do well in that, yeah what what's what's your what's your advice to them
0: no no don't no. do it no, 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 no. i mean it no. is it's extremely rewarding absolutely you're helping people make a huge decision a huge move in their life usually for the better you know sometimes there are sad moments where people are losing their house one way or another and you have to be involved that way but most of the time it is it's extremely rewarding your clients become your friends if you know you do a good job and stay in touch and You know, I feel almost part of some of their families, seeing them grow and expand over the years and knowing them for so long now. But I would say you have to be reasonable. You have to know you're not just gonna meet somebody the next day and sell them a house. Nobody you know is going to be eager to jump and have you represent them when they know that you just got started and have never sold a house before. So you have to be willing to pitch yourself, right? Your hard work, your hard work ethic that you're going to be the hardest worker and you might not know the most, but you're going to go and find out whatever it is you need to find out. Um, and for me that that's kind of what helped me really build my business was answering all the calls, getting back to people the fastest. One thing I hear the most is you always respond so quickly. You know, I've called other people, they don't respond, you know, maybe they don't even want to talk on the phone. They only want to text. It's all about relationship building. I've missed a call before. I've missed an appointment before. You lose the business. You have to be on top of that. The second you plan something, something will come up. You have to know people that are willing to help you. You know, it took me a while before I could afford to pay people as assistants and have helpers. But I have friends in this business, I've made friends, we all help each other out. So you have to have good people skills, people have to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. We in LA see a lot of slimy type agents, a lot of that like car salesmen. and that works for people, some people great. But other people run from that. And so when you come across another agent in the deal you really hope it's going to be someone that you actually want to work with because you're going to be stuck with them for at least 30 days if not more and they're going to be an intricate part of the deal closing and if so if they're you know obnoxious or slimy or never answer their phone or a million other personality traits it's going to work against them that's why I think you have to just be on top of it friendly there to help you know I never want anyone to like, go to sleep stressed out. I mean, I don't answer my phone at all hours, but if I can help at 10 o'clock at night, big deal. At least then, you know, the next day, you're not gonna come like, crumbling to pieces over it. And that's what I'm there to do.
1: So, what's, what should be the person, for the person who wants to get involved in real estate, what should be their first step? What should they do?
0: First step, Um, I would just kind of look at your lifestyle and make sure that this actually fits, that you're willing to work and put in that time and effort. It's not convenient. It's not convenient for your family, for your friends, your significant other. So they have to understand and you have to understand that things can happen at any time and that's when you have to do it. Um, Of course, people get sick. Of course, things happen. But for the most part, you really have to be completely on top of it at all times. So that would be the first thing I would tell people, is your lifestyle fit that? Can you deal with that? You know, I'm, I know I was talking to you earlier and I said, I'm glad that I didn't know as much as I know now, as far as how hard this business is and how much it takes. And, you know, probably in a lot of businesses, if you know how hard it is from the get go, you wouldn't jump in. Lucky enough real estate TV wasn't a big thing when I started so I didn't get thrown off by that being naive I think actually was a plus in this scenario mm-hmm. and learning I could do it while I was sort doing of
1: incrementally it. yeah well unfortunately we have to wrap this up but it was first of all it was great seeing you again thank you so much for coming and talking with us here on the way to wow show before you go I think you have your thing right
0: I have my thing so I brought my business card and I brought a key Obviously, both things represent selling houses. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I mean, I was thinking that they're both gonna be relics soon between business cards that people hardly use anymore and houses becoming smart houses and smart locks. Mm -hmm. This may be good for your time capsule as well.
1: Why don't you put it right there below the paradox of choice. What do you think?
0: Paradox of choice.
1: That sounds interesting, huh? There you go. That's our show for this week. It was really wonderful having Sarah here to talk about the finance realm within the three pillars of attainment. I think she had some sage advice. Before we make that next job move, we need to assess, is this really where I should be going? Does it fit my personality? Does it fit my lifestyle? Now, maybe a little ignorance will work out in the end, like it did for Sarah, but probably better to be a little more intentional these days courage at all times, my friends. Marie, darling, you're still my Belle.